from waking up absurdly early for four weeks to work on his games to showing us how to make games look less trash. Thomas works full-time <laughs> in the industry, uh, while also running his own YouTube channel and making his own games on the side. So Thomas, thank you for joining me today. Hey, Nathan, happy to be here. Okay, my, my first question is, oh, maybe you said it in the video, but are you a morning person? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> my dad, growing up, my dad always told me that I was the benefactor of what they call the Stuart curse. And there's, there's two aspects of the Stuart curse. And one is that, um, uh, you're going to naturally be a, a morning person. And the second one is that you're going to be devilishly good looking. <laughs> so like, all right, thanks dad. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm definitely naturally a morning person. Um, I'm not naturally a 5 a.m. morning person, but um, yeah, I can't, I can't stay up late at all. I, I just turn off. So I have to, I have to get to bed at a decent hour. What decisions led you to starting your own channel and making videos about games? I think first and foremost, just the fact that I am a big consumer of devlogs. So I think I started watching my first devlog was, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Tom Francis. He developed Gunpoint and Heat Signature, and he's working on a game called Tactical Breach Wizards. Watching him develop Gunpoint and Heat Signature, he would, you know, record himself in his design process and different philosophies of game design that he was trying to hit, and then also like his implementation and like um, technical issues that he ran into implementing those things. And I think that that really turned me on to game development in general, um, just kind of being able to get into the mind of a game developer. I watch a lot of devlogs. I like to see how different creators create games. Um, and that led to me wanting to show like, hey, I'm working on some kind of cool stuff. I bet other people would enjoy to, um, to watch what I'm working on, you know? And it also allows me to have another creative outlet. Because um, I've always been into making fun little short videos and um, so that's, that's been a, a hobby of mine in the past. And I was like, yeah, I'll just give it a shot and see if I enjoy doing it. I think the third reason is that it's, it seems like the best marketing strategy for being able to sell a game, because if you can get people like involved in, in the game creation process, then when you have a better likelihood of actually, um, making a game that people want to play, because you'll have that feedback from the community. In terms of, of making your own games, what aspects do you enjoy the most? Is there something you always, when it comes to game development that you're getting lost in? So I'm a programmer by trade. I, I went to college for programming and um, started out having a, a job as uh, I was doing enterprise Java web development. Um, it's like building portals for banks and insurance companies and stuff. Um, and so I, I had like a good technical depth of programming, but, but I realized that I wanted to be more creative in the stuff that I was making. So I think that's what, why game development appealed to me so tremendously, because I see game development as like this perfect intersection between math and art. To, to answer your question about what I find myself lost in, usually the, the technical stuff I can like, as long as I know what I'm making, I can... I can do that. All right. But I spend hours just tweaking aesthetics, you know, and that's, I think that's why I've made like a video about like 
yeah, my game used to look like trash and now I'm trying to make it look better, you know, because that's stuff that I still need to tinker with and like figure out what my, uh, what my taste is that I'm going for and stuff that I make. So do you think you make more videos and focus on things maybe that you feel like you want to work on more rather than sharing stuff you already know about? Yeah. Well, let's see. I guess I do both. One of the videos that I made, um, that is like by far the, the most popular video on my channel is about how much money I made, um, developing mobile games. I made three of my own mobile games and then put them on the app stores and, um, and like, uh, spoiler alert, I made no money. So, but it was like a huge learning process. And like that, that video was really easy to make because I felt like I had this big, uh, pool of experience and information that I could draw from. Um, but for videos, like, um, like I made a video about, uh, remaking Mario, but implementing a multiplayer mechanic. Like I didn't know anything about multiplayer, but that video also wasn't super technical. So I don't know. I'm just having fun making videos and just trying to like pursue, uh, what interests me, but also not trying to take it too seriously. I think that's one thing I found in your videos is that all your videos have really interesting premises. And the reason why I click on them isn't so much for the, you know, the technical information and stuff, but more on like, I'm interested to see how this goes. Like it's very much like an experiment, each of your videos. So they're always really fun to watch. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's a lot of fun, except for the video that I woke up at 5 a.m. for a month. That one was uh, significantly less fun to, to do as like a, an experiment, but it, yeah, it was worth it. I learned a lot of good things from it. Where do you think you see yourself and your work going in the future? That's a hard question because on the one hand, I love thinking about um, like being able to be self-employed and being able to devote like full-time work into my own games and also into like expanding my YouTube channel and making even better videos. And that's like very appealing to me, but at the same time, I'm also really happy at my day job. So I don't know what it would take for me to quit my job because I really enjoy it. And initially, like I mentioned earlier, I was doing um, like a, an enterprise programming job and I didn't care for it too much. Um, and I started learning game development on the side. And then I was able to get to the point where I had a couple things that I could throw together into a portfolio. And, um, and I used that to to try and get a full-time job as a Unity developer, because I figured if I can get a job where I am working in Unity every day, then my learning growth would just skyrocket. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I feel like I have a, a much better uh, depth of knowledge with working in Unity now that I've been doing it for a couple of years full-time. Um, but yeah, I. I really enjoy my job. I like my coworkers, um, but it is still super appealing to me to like try going full-time indie and like spending more time in YouTube too. So I don't know, there's just not enough time in the day. Like, I, I think I'm very much the same. Like I, I work for a YouTuber and we make videos, you know, making videos, you know, every day, how many people want to be able to do that for a living. And so I'm kind of the same boat where it's like, if the opportunity came to do what I'm doing with you right now, full-time and make games, it's like, will I take that up over the, you know, the work experience I have now. So I don't know. I've never had lots of people are either working a dead end job and they are trying to break into, you know, their own thing or 
they love their job and they're like, it's just my side project. A lot of people think that they need to monetize their hobbies. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom to trying to just like keep your hobbies as a source of like refreshment and something that gives you energy. But one reason I think people get burnt out so quickly is because their hobby is also their job. And so they're working all day, coming home and working even more. I think if they change their perspective, they wouldn't get burnt out as much. Um, but you mentioned uh, that you obviously have grown a lot in understanding how Unity works and stuff. Um, are there any game systems or genres that you want to explore more or experiment with? Maybe you haven't been able to because of the projects you're working on. Is there something on the back burner that you kind of want to explore? Oh, yeah. there's there's a huge list. <laughs> yeah, I'm naturally drawn to playing uh, roguelikes. And I think that adding replayability to games are is very interesting to me. Um, I'm really interested in emergent gameplay when you design um, a handful of different systems and then they interact in new and interesting ways that you didn't expect. Um, I think that's why I got so sucked into Tom Francis's devlogs because watching him develop Heat Signature, um, he would just develop like this ability for you to like board ships and like knock people out and use teleporters and like all these different little rules and then they acted together in like super zany ways that was so entertaining um so i so i guess like sandboxy games that you can kind of develop like different systems that work together but i also from like a technical side i'm very interested in um working in uh like a third person controller so that's something that i've never done like a 3d third-person character controller. Um, because for me, playing games, I'm very much... Uh, a, a big factor of whether I enjoy a game is if it's fun to move around. And so, like, games like Rocket League or Super Mario Odyssey or games like that, you know, if I can just, like, run around and it feels good, then I think that that's, that's a game that I'm usually interested in. So I think that working on a a third person character controller would be a really fun thing to tackle for me next. So if you had an unlimited budget, what are some things you think you would make or do? You, you got a blank check for whether it's YouTube or a game project pitch you have. Tell me what, what, what would you do? Oh man, I'd probably just, um, create a bunch of NFTs. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, it's that's a really good question. And I actually had this exact question posed to me um, from an interviewer for a job interview that I did a while back. And I've been thinking about it since then. Um, and I think like if I had like a team to support me and I could kind of let my creative juices flow in whatever sort of game I wanted to make, it would um, the short pitch would be Sea of Thieves, but in space. So you'd, you'd be, you'd have like a, a, it'd be an online multiplayer game where you could pilot a spaceship and have a crew that's going around the ship and like things could catch on fire. You know, you could board other people's ships and, um, suck people out into space and you'd have to go out onto the exterior and do repairs and. I think that that'd be a pretty fun game to make. That's awesome. I've never actually had that pitched to me before. When you said 
Sea of Thieves in space. I was like, wow, there's a hole. Yeah, no, I, yeah. like immediately I saw it in my head. I was like, yeah. oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I think that'd be really fun. Um, Are there any, like, obviously you've touched mobile and stuff like that. Are there any, like, platforms? Have you ever thought of, like, going into VR? Would, like, console work interest you? Is there any, like, platform that you thought, wow, it'd be really cool to make something for that? I started making mobile games because I wanted the barrier of entry into game development to be as small as possible. And so I thought, oh, I already have a phone. Um, so I'll just make a really simple game for my phone, you know, and then it's easily distributable to friends and family and they can check it out. Um, so that that's where I started. And then um, the place that I'm working now full time, um, we mostly do mobile games. So that's um, that's kind of like the the place where I'm strongest, but I want to, right now, the the main project that I'm working on, my tanks game, um, is slated to get released for PC. And my goal is that once I wrap that up and launch it on PC, then I'll porting it to Nintendo Switch. So that's, that's the goal. I think it'd be really fun to get my hands on a Switch dev kit and be able to run games on there. But um, VR is so interesting to me. I, I really want to get into it. Like I said, there's just not enough time in the day. There's some people that, that put on a VR headset and they are just like so amazed by it. Like that's me. I put on the headset and I'm like, whoa, I'm in an, an open area when like I know I'm in a small room, but then you put it on and like your depth of vision just like, expands and it just feels so cool to interact with stuff and i'm so into it but then i talk to other people and they're like oh yeah i can't even put on a vr headset because i just get super nauseous so it's not for everybody um i think that from a game development perspective it would be really fun to make some games in vr um i was thinking about how fun it would be to make a VR game that resembles like, um, like think overcooked, but you don't move around as much. Um, and instead of making food, you, you are in a factory line. So like you put on the headset and you're like surrounded by like conveyor belts and you have to like pick up pieces, put them together and then like throw them into certain slots and like, Things are moving and speeding up. You know, I think that that would be a really fun project to dive into, but we'll see. Yeah, that's really funny you mentioned that because actually my major project for VR that I worked on a lot before I kind of shelved it was something similar to that. It was like a factory game where you were like sorting. I made it more simple. So instead of just putting stuff together as boxes, there'd be basically you'd be um, quality assurance. So if there was good boxes, you let them through. Um, damaged ones you'd like throw out and you would have like a, a sassy AI talking to you and stuff. Um, but the one thing I found with VR is that, especially when you're making games for it, the most tiring thing is working in Unity, building or like starting to play it, putting on the headset, standing up, testing them on thing, stopping, taking off, sitting back down and making those like little, especially when you want to tweak things, like oh, it would yeah. be an, a legitimate physical workout. So like my one rule yeah. now is like, I'll go back to VR when I can use the editor in the headset and launch it from the head. Like, I don't need to take the headset off. Everything's done uh, in the space. Yeah. yeah, that seems like a really cumbersome way to develop it. Yeah, and like, I don't know how like some of the Valve devs did it because they had like, for Half-Life Alex, they had 
all the Oculus headsets, their own headsets, Windows headsets, like they were testing every single VR headset too. And I was like, oh, dude, your neck would like kill after a days of work. Are there any like video projects that you've wanted to do, but you haven't got around to? Like for me, I know there's lots of larger scale video ideas I have, but it would basically either cause me to take a month off work or to hire a production team. Do you have any like bigger ideas? I get hit with a lot of ideas for games and videos, and they usually come um, when I'm going on a run. So you usually during my lunch break, I have a, a little Husky and I'll take her for a run around my neighborhood. And it's like my brain shifts into a different state where I just get inundated with crazy ideas. So I'm like trying to like write them down on the notes app in my phone while I'm running so that I don't forget them. Um, so I have a lot of ideas. Um, I was thinking about uh, doing like a really amateur version of uh, like photogrammetry and scanning things into a game and making a video about that. And I was thinking like, maybe I'll get my wife to come in and I can just like scan her and then import her into my, into a game, um, which I think would be really fun. But I think the biggest video aspiration that I have is actually doing something really similar to what you're doing and interviewing other devs. I think that it'd be so fun to, um, to interview people and just to get to ask them whatever questions that I feel like, you know, and get to learn from, I, I love this stuff. I, I follow tons of different indie dev interviews on YouTube and I think that it's great. I think it'd be really fun to fly out to, to people, you know, like once the pandemic is fully settled down, you know, and get to see people in person. And like, I don't know that much about videography stuff. Uh, what's the word? I haven't invested a lot of money into my YouTube channel. I film pretty much all my videos on my GoPro and, but I would love to lean into that and like figure out like better lighting and better camera stuff. And then like go and set up and like interview people and make it just look really good. I think that that would be a fun, fun project to do. It's just funny. All the stuff you talk about, I'm like, oh yeah, me too. Cause I as well <laughs> had a, a stage of like, a, I had a photogrammetry addiction, I call it. When like I discovered it, I found the free software. And then basically my family hated it cause we'd go on walks as a family and I'd just be st like stopped around a pile of trash or like branches or a trunk and just taking pictures and being like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, at home, they're going to render it out. It's going to look great. Um, look, if your wife is really good at standing still, she'll be a great um, model for you. But, geez, my wife couldn't even keep a straight face. So when I put her in the program, her face was all like... And so... That's awesome. So so you've actually done it. How did that How did that go? Like, do you think if, if you can get someone to stand still, then it would work? Or I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's very much like how for 2D artists uh, using reference images or how a lot of concept artists now they like work from real pictures and then kind of adjust it to make their own thing. I think that's where the strength of photogrammetry comes from. I don't think you can fully 3D scan something and then be like, all right, all good, put it in the game without looking, you know, kind of how you've seen it with like the phone scanning and stuff. For it to really speak, I think, to its quality, you have to go through um, 3D programs and texturing programs and really refine a lot of the stuff to make it look 
like a commercial type of thing. Um, and it's, it's like a whole other thing to learn. Like it's one thing to learn to, to model things yourself or to, even making like realistic assets, um, by yourself is very different from photogrammetry because like the way that the, the software calculates the pictures, you'll like have one picture that's a tiny bit slanted and in your you're looking at it, you're like, okay, you can just adjust that, but the program just can't do that. And so it freaks out certain details are more easily captured in the program. Um, like that's why I think nature's so easy to capture because just all the details on the leaves and the trunk, all that stuff is very easy just to incorporate. And, you know, because as humans, we're not looking out for that stuff as much. It's easy just to drag and drop it in, you know, unity scene and it looked good. But like I've, I've 3d scanned myself and, uh, look, it doesn't look awful, but it has that uncanniness to it that obviously you need a, an artist or that time to really go in and fix all the issues. I think that's why I would like to do that, uh, in, for a YouTube video and not trying to like use that as part of my pipeline for making a game because then you don't need to make it look nice yeah, yeah. you can just kind of like laugh at it you know exactly if you want to make like... a fun youtube video out of it then yeah honestly yeah. i think it'd be really good you can get some really funny stuff yeah i it sounds like a blast i mean i've i just like downloaded one app and like scanned like my coffee mug once and i'm like oh this is really cool i should yeah i should look into this yeah, yeah. what's your favorite beverage so i'm i'm a huge beverage guy um and I was so happy when I got to know the guy that my sister married. So he's my brother-in-law. And actually, I mentioned it to you. He's from your neck of the woods. He's from Melbourne. And um, makes so much sense now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, we, we share um, a love of beverages that I, I just actually went camping with him this past weekend. And so he's very much like, okay, first thing in the morning, let's brew some coffee and have some coffee. And that's like, like a fundamental part of my day is having coffee. And then towards the evening, we're both big beer aficionados. So we like, um, IPAs and we'll, we'll crack open a beer and, um, and enjoy that. And then right before bed, we'll, uh, brew some peppermint tea. And it's just like the perfect top off to the day. I just ask because, you know, working on a game about beverages, I need to understand. I'm doing a, a tally basically with people like, what are your favorite beverages? So I don't miss anything. And, and no one's actually mentioned like herbal tea and stuff yet. So yeah, it's the best way to transition into like, it's like so calming, you know, you kind of can wind down before you go to bed. And Well, I think the last question to ask you is what are you playing? Obviously you're making and working a lot, but in your actual downtime, what do you enjoy playing? When Halo Infinite came out, I was playing a bunch of that. Um, I enjoyed the campaign. I, I zipped through the campaign and then haven't touched it since, unfortunately, but I really enjoyed it. I've always been a big Halo guy. Oh, but what I've been playing really recently is Tunic. I don't know if you're familiar. It's like, uh, oh, you it, you have to look into it. It's it's awesome. And it it's gorgeous. It's like such a good art style it's uh 3d isometric and it's basically like if the legend of zelda and dark souls had a baby oh no i have seen this game yeah 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 and it's it's so fun because the like the gameplay super fun it has like that zelda like 
puzzle dungeon crawl sort of vibes to it um but the combat is really punishing it's the same mechanic like dark souls where you find campfires and that's your save points but then it respawns enemies i think i really enjoy it because it doesn't hold your hand at all so like throughout the game you'll find pages to like the instruction booklet and it's like made to look like one of those like really old like actual instruction booklets that you'd get with games um and you can completely miss them like you can not go down a certain route and then you wouldn't find a certain page you know i'm like missing a bunch of pages um, but then when you find them they have all these hints and like tell you about how different mechanics works and it's mostly all from illustration there's not a lot of words in it so it's like but then you discovered that like oh if you dash then you're invincible for a couple frames and like it'll tell you like oh this is where you need to go if you go into this tunnel and so it's it's like a it's really rewarding but also difficult so i'm really enjoying it i think the guy i think he uh i think he spent like seven or eight years making it or something so it's like a long time but yeah i'm really enjoying it um so those are all the questions but i was wondering if you could tell the people watching you know where they can find your work how they can support you what you're doing now socials everything like that oh yeah um well let's see i'm on twitter a lot um i don't remember my twitter url i think it's thomas w stewart or something like that um on youtube i'm also just under thomas stewart i think my url is thomas stewart dev or something but yeah i mean i'm just i'm not really doing much for people to support me you can come watch my videos or you can come chat with me. I mean, I'm in a, uh, I'm open to chatting with people all the time. I get some direct messages from people that are like asking for advice and I just love helping people out and teaching people from my experience and connecting with other people who are passionate about game development. So it's been a really, really fun community to dive into. Everyone's really supportive of each other and it's just fun to, to grow and get encouragement from other people. So Everyone, links in the description, go support them, check their stuff out. And if you enjoyed this video, be sure to let me know who else you want me to interview. Or if you want to, you can support me on Ko-Fi as well. Any financial contributions I get from Ko-Fi or Teespring, they go to making these videos, whether it's editing, uh, resource templates, all that sort of stuff. So just know that your money's going into getting more of the stuff that you've just watched. But yeah, that's everything. Thank you all for watching or listening, and I'll see you in the next one.